Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Today, we're going to be giving you guys a video showing you the one strategy of which all producers and all musicians use to make sure that they learn more skills and really use it to grow their audience, especially when they're releasing that music and have an impact that people actually want to listen and they'll be able to make a connection in that with that audience. So simply put, that one strategy is to make sure that they have a singular focus and have a, a one, a, what I would call the rule of one to make sure that they're not distracting themselves with other things or diverting from whatever their initial goal was, whatever they set out to do. Everyone should have one singular focus that they're all trying to converge their ideas towards rather than trying to work on a hundred different things and trying to get, for example, being told that you need a hundred different sources of passive income or that you need to submit to a hundred different playlists that are all different styles and things like that. And I know Cody in particular is going to talk a little bit more about playlists, but it's really important that as a producer, as a musician, or as a creative in general, to make sure that you're focusing on presenting yourself with a unique thing, a singular thing, so that when people come to you, they know that they're coming to you because of that one purpose and that they're not be, uh, being, again, distracted by other uh, necessary means that they could use. So a great example of this is people that are uh, submitting to playlists and the genres that these playlists are and also how these playlists grow in the first place. And again, Cody knows a lot about that. So I'm going to pass it over to him to tell you a little more. Yeah. And Jared, what a what a great topic, man. Um, so I, every everybody that's listening to this podcast most likely knows about Lo-Fi Girl, whether you're a producer of Lo-Fi or a listener of Lo-Fi or even somebody that's just heard the word Lo-Fi. You're probably familiar with Lo-Fi Girl. And I, I think the, uh, the simplest approach to this is realizing that it's lo-fi girl and not dubstep girl. <laughs> and there's a specific reason for that. And that's because lo-fi girl has such a strong hold on the modern day lo-fi market, especially within playlisting in the 24 seven, um, YouTube streams, or, or j I think, I think they're up to, um, almost 6 million followers on their playlist on Spotify. I may have gotten that wrong, but it's a lot of millions. And um, kind of looking at their development for for people that know their history, they actually they they used to be called Chilled Cow, and they hit a rebrand, I believe, in 2020. And in Chilled Cow, they they had built their playlist up. It was a recognized a recognizable brand, and their sole focus was this modern. Um, style of, of lo-fi hip-hop. And if you listen to a lo-fi girl playlist, you can tell what kind of lo-fi beats that they're looking for. As we all know, there's there's a subgenre to every subgenre, and you can hear the distinct uniqueness um, in in those tracks. Or if you're looking, let's say, electronic labels, if you're if you're looking at different dubstep um, labels you you can even hear if it's bro step or rhythm or tear out there's there's so many different um unique patterns in in unique styles of creating a track that that pertain to a specific label and with lo-fi girl in particular it's that it's that soft drum um almost future bass um elements within within those beats but once again going back to the evolution of of lo-fi girl so in 2020 they hit a rebrand because their their lo-fi girl their brand their their logo became um it in the, they it was such um 
If you typed in lo-fi, there was likely an image of lo-fi girl that popped up and a lot of other labels and a lot of other artists and a lot of other brands were beginning to utilize their lo-fi girl. And so from what I assume, they they wanted to to even bring their brand to that singular focus of, oh, lo-fi girl is um, synonymous with lo-fi beats and we're the ones that designed this lo-fi girl. We're going to change our brand from chill cow to lo-fi girl, um, which I was a very, very strategic move, but I think it, um, that's a clear demonstration of what you were talking about in regards to that singular focus. And I'm sure there's people within chilled cow that really did not want to rebrand hitting a rebrand is difficult, but from a business strategy perspective, being able to, to bring that focus even further onto lo-fi girl and their brand. Um, it, it was paramount. And I, once again, back to the playlist, like you, you have trap nation with an, an electronic music. Well, why are you going to trap nation? Well, you're listening to trap music and yeah. it, it makes so much sense. And the, the second, the second aspect I want to bring up in regards to, to lo-fi girls. So they had this singular focus from a business perspective, but from a producer perspective, if you want to release with lo-fi girl, you have to create lo-fi girl style music you you can't if you if you want to release and submit an album to lo-fi girl approaching them with um with a more boom bap style sound design and and drum patterns it's not going to work because that's not what they're looking for and so you you have to be able to to bring you have to identify and then you have to approach and execute on that singular focus to be able to release with them. And once again, it's that is not lo-fi girl specific. That is any label. That's any label or brand that you're trying to work with. You you have to be able to identify the focus and then execute on that focus. Um, and, and Jared, I, I know that you have some solid, being a sound designer and a sample pack creator yourself, I know that you have... Um, similar similar storylines that that you can explain pertaining to the to sound designers yeah 100 percent. and i'll definitely tell you where my inspiration in particular for sound design and then i'll go through a little bit of my story but it's two guys that i think that are known pretty well in the producer industry especially or anybody that's working with uh, like sounds you'll know the name decap and you'll know the name count cole or uh, just the count in general the count's drums especially these are two guys that, to me in particular, are super inspiring and both use this rule of one. They are both people that specifically focus on sound design, sample creation, drum sounds, these sorts of things, especially at the beginnings of their career. And the things that they even do today, for example, I'm going to use Decap. He does put out music. He does sometimes he even has his own vocals on the music. He's doing a little bit of raps. Um, he also has his own plugin that he released. But all of these things are converging on him being a drum maker and the things that he does behind the scenes and decaps unique character and his unique proposition. And the same thing with Count Cole, the sounds that he's producing and the things that he's doing, they're all converging onto him being his own producer and he is his own unique uh, person and the way that he's presenting his drum sounds, which is how I personally found him. And I think how a lot of people find him. It's these little small things that come up that... Uh, separate you from everyone else in the crowd. So for Decap, it was making sure that he had uh, drums that knock. The word knock prior to that, nobody really branded that word. 
And he was able to take that singular word. And now his thing is plugins that knock as well. So he's just taken the word and transferred it to plugins. And now he's continued to brand this one singular thing, knock as well. And that is becoming part of it. And you'll see throughout many other producers, many other sound designers that this is present. And now now I'm going to kind of tell my story a little bit. And uh, again, why these guys inspired me is because I started producing mostly uh, doing mostly sound designs and producing drum samples in particular. Um, the way that they went about it, again, is from DCAP is use the word knock. So for me personally, I said, what's something that I could brand? And I didn't see anybody really branding the word grit in particular. They were using the words, they'd say, this, these drums are really gritty, but nobody was saying the grit pack. So my whole idea was, well, I'm going to get behind the grit pack. And a lot of people started to know me for the guy who made the grip pack, as well as another thing was the guy who always wore t-shirts. Like I would be called the t-shirt guy by a lot of people. And, and when I got messages and they would be like, oh, uh, if I, my name got brought up, I remember I was watching Spellstream once and uh, he was using one of my drum packs or, uh, and one of the people in the comments said that I was the t-shirt guy. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, it's kind of funny, but hell, it worked, you know, by yep. wearing a different t-shirt and by just presenting something that I do anyway, which is having a couple clothes in my closet that I like, usually representing a particular artist uh, or a particular person in the music scene, um, something that I enjoy and showing it to my audience. I was able to make a unique connection with them. And again, bring it back to the sound design things by making that connection. Maybe they're going to start looking into my sound design or maybe they hear my uh, grit pack and they hear somebody else using it and they get intrigued to want to use my sounds. And again, all of these ideas and all these things are under an umbrella that are converging and, again, abiding by this rule of one. And I know uh, you were telling it a little bit in the last episode, but talking about your unique proposition, your unique selling proposition or USP, I think is the way that you phrased it. And also how you have a very unique story and a very unique way that you came up. So uh, I guess I'll pass it over to you and see how you started off in the music scene and how you're able to use this rule of one to get to where you are today and kind of branch out a little bit, but still converge onto a single focus. Yeah, well, and it's a, and, and Jared is funny because I, I don't want to contradict everything that we said in <laughs> in for for a while, um, for for many years early on in my journey, I almost um, I I was almost afraid to just add other elements of my life into my brand. I, I wasn't thinking from a macro level perspective on, on what my brand is. And it took me a lot of years to figure out like, oh, my my brand is myself and my passions and how can I infuse them all together? But but for people that are listening to the podcast, they're probably like, Cody, you do a hundred different things. What are you talking about? And you're not wrong. Um, but the singular focus that I had for the first four to five years of my production career was predominantly electronic music. How do I create electronic music? How do I create house music, future bass, dubstep, um, all while bringing along my saxophone skills from, from when I was a kid, from when I was in elementary school, middle school, and high school. And I had that sole focus on just becoming a better producer, and that avenue was strictly electronic music for the first four to five years. And once I had that foundation um, built in regards to pr production skills, well, then then I was able to to jump into chill hop and lo-fi. Um, 
Same thing with saxophone. As I was continuing to practice saxophone over all of those years, it's like, oh, well, I can record for other lo-fi and chill-hop artists. I can record for my buddy D-Rock. I, I can record mm-hmm. for Crystal Grid. And taking it even further, once once I started Chilled Samples, when I was thinking about branding, I, I was thinking from a business perspective of, of what's my brand. And it's like, oh, wait. I'm my brand. All of my passions are my brand. How do I converge all of these different passions into a singular focus? Um, So I love hiking mountains, running mountains, adventures. Well, if I take a microphone with me, I I can record ambient samples while while I'm out on an adventure. And I I get to bring those back into the studio. Um, So not only do I get to pursue my passion of, of running, but I also get to create sounds and, and create samples while I'm out there. And the crossover within production, like when I sit down and I create a dubstep tune or I sit down and I create a lo-fi track, yeah, they're completely different genres, but I'm utilizing the same process. I'm just using different sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so at, at, at this at this stage, if it, if it wasn't for my singular focus on production, let's say I would have been, let's say I became distracted early on in those those first crucial years of production who knows if i would have ever made it but i had that singular focus of oh i want to be an electronic dj and that goal transition to to what it currently is now is i want to live life as a full-time musician that's my overall macro level goal and fortunately all of the projects that i'm pursuing now do converge to to accomplish that goal Mm -hmm. And I think that's such an important point to make that everything's working towards the same idea and the same goal at the end of the day, like you said. And it kind of reminds me of this term that I've heard before, and I might be pronounced this wrong, but icky guy, and maybe we'll do another episode in the future about this, but it's more or less this idea of blending together things that are uh, works and passions and, and or separating them in certain cases. But this idea of how going on a run can also create samples or um, other ways that you're being able to mesh together different things that work together towards a, uh, one idea that, that you want or one outcome. And for all those people that are listening, that are wondering, how can I make myself a little more unique? How can I make myself stand out? I um, just want to give you a couple more tangible tips for how you can do that for yourself and how you can give yourself some sort of unfair advantage, as, I, as we'd like to say. Mm. The thing that Cody was just uh, talking about, and I think is a really important one, is making sure that you stack certain skills that you have or stack certain things that you enjoy already. Um, Again, in Cody's case, it was running mountains and making sounds. Um, In another person's case, there's this guy that I saw on YouTube. I think it's pretty funny. He's this DJ guy that bikes around with with the decks on the top of his bike. And I think that that's like such a great example of this because who else is going to be the best DJ on a bike? It's like nobody else is doing that. He doesn't even have any competition. I think his name's like uh, S-U-A-T, like SWAT or something. But his videos to me are hysterical and he has zero competition. And it's such a great example of somebody who's doing one thing as well. And by doing that one thing, he's sticking out like a sore thumb. So figure out what skills you currently have that you can stack together. In my case, again, it was lit- it's not necessarily a skill, but it was having t-shirts in my closet and stacking it with music production. Um, there's all these different little things that might not be like ideas or literal skills. They might be physical assets that you have that you can present as well. Um, and there are other ways that you can do that. Again, things like your intelligence or your expertise, stacking those skills, stacking a certain status that you have. So 
For example, talking about in past episodes, I've talked about how I'm an engineer and using being an engineer as well as a producer and how you can create certain problem solving and engineering is also related to problem solving and production and making sure that you can use certain systems thinking or rigorous thinking or first principles thinking from engineering, however you want to put it, and again, apply it to music. So there's a bunch of different ways that you yourself can create an unfair advantage if you really start looking a little bit deeper and digging out or digging for gold within yourself and figuring out what stories and what things you can apply, again, what assets you have. And by putting those out and making them public, especially in this modern day of the internet, making uh, your ideas, putting your ideas to social media or whatever it happens to be that you need to get it out there, you'll be able to make a lot better connections with your audience and start converting people to fans rather than just followers. So that's why we're saying this is the number one tip that you need to make sure of before you go and release your music is know what that singular focus is before you go start pitching to playlists as we were talking about at the beginning or before you start making uh, samples or before you start trying to um, make sounds on your run, whatever it is. Make sure you know exactly what that focus is and why you're doing it and it will really help to, again, create this relationship with your fans to make them want to go tell other people about what you're doing. So with that, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode and we're able to get something out of it. Definitely send us a message if you need any help with us on Instagram at High Performance Producers or at Chilled Samples or Just Jared Beats. Um, we'll definitely be glad to help you out, figure out, figure out what your unique uh, selling proposition is, as Cody referred to it. Again, I actually like that term a lot. And um, definitely tell us what you think. But with that, stay tuned for the next episode and peace. Peace.